On this episode, we smoke the Blanco 9 Lancero 7x38 Oscuro Corojo Nicaraguan Powerhouse. I'm Johnny Midas, and you're listening to Burn Line Podcast. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome everybody to Burn Line Podcast, coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made, adjacent to the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled among the complex of rooms that comprises Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, the only Blanco Cigar Lounge in North America. I'm your host, Johnny Midas, joined by your other host, Nick the Brick McCann. Nick, how are we doing this morning? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Uh, well, we have got a pretty cool cigar and we're going to jump right in. This is the Blanco 9 Lancero. And, uh, man, I uh, don't really want to uh, dig into that controversy because I know Lanceros, man, everybody's got a fucking opinion. Um, but if we're going to smoke Lanceros, like, this is uh, the place to do it, right? Because we're in a cigar lounge. There is no ceiling fan overhead. We've got a controlled environment. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Lance Arrows and why you should smoke them, in my opinion, but also where you shouldn't. Yeah. Right? So uh, Blanco 9 Lancero. This is a 7x38. The wrapper is Oscuro Corojo from Nicaragua. The binder is Jalapa, which is also Nicaraguan. The fillers are Nicaraguan Triple Lejero. It's all Lejero. Nice. I expect this to uh, struggle with the burn and have amazing flavor and also probably knock me on my ass yep right yep so when we talked about parts of the tobacco plant we mentioned like lijero is the most delicious and flavorful Mm -hmm. and the uh, hardest to burn most potent too most potent definitely um so this could be super interesting like this is a really interesting uh, cocktail and uh we'll talk more about where it came from and stuff like that this uh, Lancero, which is a standard 7x38 Lancero size, retails for eleven twenty-five here at Union Cigar Hanover. A box of 30 will set you back three hundred three seventy-five, which is just about $10 a stick. So pretty good deal for a cigar that burns over two hours for most people. Mm-hmm. So Lancero, um, if you're not familiar, right, if, you, if you're not a regular Lancero smoker, uh, it's a narrow ring gauge, and uh, a lot of people associate that with like burning more quickly, yep. Um, which is kind of not the case. It, it can. Uh, it can be. It, it can be. Yeah. Um, you have to adjust. The Numero Uno, for example. Oh, man. Jeez. Phenomenal, long smoking yeah. cigar, right? Wow. This is another one mm-hmm. where, you know, if you kind of if you know how you're crafting the Lancero, yeah. um, it, it's not just going to get consumed, right? Right. Also, uh, we can talk about the difference between air volume versus air velocity, mm-hmm. um, you know, boils mean gas laws and all the science that goes into cross-section of a cigar. I think I got a D in physics in high school, so. All right. Well, I got a uh, perfect score in right. uh, graduate requirements exam, GRE, on uh, math and science because uh, that's just how my brain is wired. So you can do the uh, cigar side and I'll do the, the math side and it'll all work out in the wash, right? All right. Uh, why don't you... Talk to us a little bit about the presentation. We talk about that on this uh, podcast. Love the uh, art of the cigar industry. And I'm going to go find an ashtray because it looks like... uh, Oh. Yeah, I don't have all my shit together this morning. Dang. Quite a bender last night. All right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let me go go find my hangover glasses and uh, the ashtray while you talk to us about this uh, presentation. Okie dokie. Well... Um, this cigar is uh, dark, but not like super, super dark. I mean, there's a lot of Oscuros that I think that we see um, that get real, real, real dark, real oily. Um, but this one is not. This one is not that. This one is uh, light, as far as Oscuro Oscuro goes. Um, there's a difference between John and I's cigar. In uh, in wrapper color right now, uh, his is a lot darker than mine. Um, the band, I don't know, man. There's a whole lot going on on the band. A yeah, whole lot. Well, this let's a, uh, let's not a, move on from the wrapper too fast, right? Because right? I want to 
I wanted to comment on that a little bit. So, uh, first of all, it's Corojo, and if you're familiar, Corojo is not as dark as some other tobacco varietals. Um, it's on the it's on the lighter side. Um, and then, uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go ahead. You can you can ferment a Corojo to be very dark. Sure, you can. You can ferment anything. Yes. With time, attention, temperature. Right. And you can dye it too, and some people do. But all right, all right. Uh, man. But I want to be fair, right? Uh, it is a lighter leaf, like in the field, uh, than some other varietals, and uh, it's, you know, a, a common, historically common, Cuban uh, leaf. I talked about that a little bit last week, uh, which of course Cubans are known for like their natural color. They don't make dark cigars, right? Um, so this is uh, advertised as an oscuro. The difference between Maduro and Oscuro is not well understood. Typically, I mean, technically, Maduro, which means ripe for whatever reason, is fermented. And then Oscuro is sometimes called double Maduro. Uh, that's a more of a branding thing. Yeah. And it's cooked longer, right? It's like yeah. fermented longer right. or the longest. Uh, typically, though, the way that I've seen it used, Oscuro refers to color. And Maduro refers to like the process. Yeah. When uh, when companies use this on their cigars, that's often how they use them because otherwise, like, what's the point, right? What's the point? So, uh, a lot of companies when they're advertising Oscuro uh, for the wrapper, what they mean is this is a dark cigar. Um, yeah, there there's something going on here because your stick is, I mean, that's three shades lighter yeah yeah this is a uh, dramatically different yeah yeah i yeah. would call mine i would call mine a uh, very light maduro not like even, a colorado maduro yeah, yeah not yeah. even a not even i wouldn't even say oscuro maduro or yeah you would you wouldn't call that a maduro if, if you saw it on was, the shelf if this was based on yeah if uh, it was based on color visual right right uh mine i think is right in the maduro range it's not it's not really comparable with the darkness i've seen on other oscuros yeah. Um, so there's a little uh, variance going on there in the wrapper color, but uh, it should be, you know, kind of delicious. Now, kind of, will, it's going to be very delicious. We will know that shortly. Yeah. If we would shut the fuck up and actually light the cigar. All right. So shut up. Shut up why don't we? <laughs> why, why don't we get these clipped and then we can talk more about the presentation after it's in my mouth. As usual, we remind you to clip that cigar with authority. No limp-wristed cutting along. Uh, Nick, you gotta you gotta work on your timing, bro. It's like we do it at the same time, not like clip clip. Such a contrarian. So uh, now we're just tapping out the extra tobacco on the back of our hand. Love this, which is markedly less than a bigger gauge cigar. Yeah, for real. And we are going to light these cigars. I am using, is this not the most Johnny Midas lighter that you've ever seen? It's got a, it's got a cross, I'm getting cross vibes from this. Yes, this is a, this is a Rocky Patel product. It is white, white. like enamel with yeah a rose gold like cross on the front with the Rocky logo in the middle. Yep. And it has got this super cool soft flame with a single jet that keeps the soft flame lit so it's kind of the best of both worlds Abla it keeps the soft flame ablaze yes it's harder to blow out now it'll blow out outdoors but a regular soft flame will blow out under the fucking ceiling fan you know yeah so look at this though look how it's toasting that's amazing sarcastic son of a bitch and as always we remind you to gently toast your cigar toasted not roasted the official lighting brought to you by Nobody. <laughs> Yet. Hashtag not sponsored at all. And I'm just uh, taking my first couple of puffs. And that has got me wanting to come back for more. You're zoning, man. You're putting you on a different planet right now. I'm pretty sure you could get high off of this cigar. This is a good cigar. This is a great cigar. Hashtag don't inhale. Yeah, so this is definitely full-bodied. What a baller. Mr. Blanco, you've done it again. So this is this is interesting. I'm obviously getting some of that uh, traditional Nicaraguan earth and spice flavor. Uh, really like that. Um, 
and then I've got like uh, sweet chocolatey notes in there as well. Chocolate. Are we? Do- are you done talking about the wrapper? Because I want to talk about this logo. Yeah, yeah. So still on presentation. I just I can't keep talking. I got to actually smoke something first. I'm down. So we've got the band on it, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's really fucking busy, man. I don't know what's going on here. Crazy. Yeah. This is a this is a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> yeah. So uh it is black and silver. It's got a shield, you know, a like a coat of arms. It's got like six medallions, three mm-hmm. on each side, which have additional logos. Um got it's the got Blanco the, and Nine. Blanco uh in black relief on a silver silver foil ribbon and then nine in silver foil on a black background. It says Esteli Nicaragua. And then there are like these uh uh, yellow, gold, gold, yellow, f- like flame things coming out from yep. behind. <laughs> yeah, look at the box. Yeah, <laughs> like, what's um, it's going like tribal. On? That's like the, you remember back in like the late nineties nope. when morons were getting like these tribal quote unquote tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what sure. it looks like. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it just looks like a bunch of deer antlers. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks like a tribal flame thing going on. It is uh, super busy. I'm not. Ooh, I didn't even notice the leaves on yeah, the bottom. Yeah, there's black leaves that are outlined in silver foil, and that's included on the band mm-hmm. as well. Uh, to me, this is way too busy, and it also reminds me of a Carreras band. Oh. So I kind of don't like both. Of, oh, like Devil's Hand, Maduro, the one yeah, that like, I smoked. If you look at their bands, they're really busy like this, right? So uh, I would, if you know, if I were a graphic designer, I would clean this up. You know, get it a little more uh, sophisticated. Uh, the boxes, I, I call these a, a press box, but it's kind of your standard where they have a, a thin layer of wood wrapped in paper all the way around with a flip top. The hinge is the paper, right? Uh, pretty common, particularly on, you know, uh, volume cigars or discount cigars. Um, it is black paper with a silver filigree uh, border all the way around. With yeah. A big. Blanco logo that's kind of unique to the Blanco 9, yep. right? the Blanco yep. 9 logo on the front. I mean, big. And then you flip it open, and it's the same thing on the inside. Um, I think the uh, – I kind of like the presentation. It's it, like it carries through from the cigar to the box. Yeah. Um, I think that I would tone it down a bit. There's just way too much going on for me. If here. I know – if I know – so first of all, I think Dave uh, – Dave Blanco, I think – um, one of the reasons he made boxes like this is to keep the cost down. Oh yeah, which is awesome. Yep, um, because this is a very affordable cigar with a lot of high priming tobacco in it. Oh yeah, very well. Eleven twenty five is a, well. We'll we'll rate it later. Yeah. But for any Lancero, yeah, that's a great price for a Lancero. Great price. And then you know we're talking about the the Lajero and it the yeah. etc. Um, but if if I also know Dave Blanco, which I I vaguely know Dave Blanco. He would be able to tell us about every minute detail in this in this design. I'm sure everything has a reason. It does. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he explained uh, he explained one of the other the Primos band, the Primos Estate mm. band to me the other night. And I can tell you the story off air when we smoke it, maybe. But uh, yeah, we gotta smoke that one too. Yeah, but uh, it's I mean it's incredible. Every thought went into every every centimeter of design. That's where the uh, marketing team comes in to say, that's an awesome story, bro, but it ain't going on your box. <laughs> so uh, we are, gosh, I don't know, what am I, a quarter of an inch in. Um, tell me about your, your flavor. So this, I always get from the wrapper um, a little bit of baking spice and sweetness, like cinnamon yeah. sweetness. Yeah. But it's there's like less of a cinnamon twinge to it. It's not really a... I would describe it as like when when grandma's baking cookies or gingerbread houses for Christmas. When uh you know we're making a gingerbread house for Christmas like the those kinds of spices, mm-hmm. right? In the air like that yes. smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm with you. There's definitely like a kind of ginger component in there too, which is I think that mm-hmm. sweet not cinnamon you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I would kind of kind of peg ginger sort of. Um Yeah, this cigar tastes like ginger ale. <laughs> God, new- my post my my post production edits are gonna suck this week. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that I always get 
kind of that that flavor that we just you just described um, from the wrapper, and then the the lajero leaf it just gives it body. Yeah. You know, it just um, this is very full bodied. It makes it less. The smoke itself is creamy. It can be creamy, but it makes the flavor essence less creamy, mm-hmm. and it makes you know the flavor essence more uh, robust. Yeah, spicy. Yeah, like it's yeah. just thick. Like yeah, the, right. The flavor is like thick. Yeah, if I can use that word. Yep, coats the palate, lingers. Yeah, it's good. Yep. So uh, we've got uh, Corojo uh, wrapper. Uh, the binder is Jalapa, Nicaraguan. Um, Jalapa is kind of a like a, a sweeter, smoother than uh, Esteli uh, tobacco. So that's a I think it's a good pairing because like in Oscuro, which is, you know, super aged Corojo and Corojo is already like a, a sweet, mild mm-hmm. tobacco. It kind of goes from that to a little bit heavier, but, you know, like a medium with the Jalapa and then the fillers are triple Lajero. Right. So it's like punchy wrapped in a little bit milder, wrapped in a little bit milder than that. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the filler is punchy. Yeah. The binder's yeah. a little more mild than the filler, and then the wrapper's even a little more mild right. than the... Yeah. But then they, like, saturated it because it's an Oscuro Corojo. Yeah. Like, you know, when you, through that fermentation and aging process, it's basically the, like, the saturation of flavor gets maximum. Oh, yeah. So sugars rise to the surface of right. the the wrapper. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So it kind of all comes together to make this uh, like super super uh, full bodied experience, and it's also I think full strength. So I would call this a you know this is a full cigar. So this is um this is Dave's favorite cigar, hmm. um, and I said that the other day when he was in here for a. A cut and light with us and Dave said oh I don't like to say this is my favorite cigar because people will just will only buy this and uh and I mean I think I think that it's very indicative if the master blender of a a wide portfolio kind of has his favorite because he, he even admitted like you're not supposed to have your favorite like it's like having your favorite child right right um but he but he like will not disagree that this is his favorite cigar out of you know his portfolio um and i think like i said that's like he's the one that made all of them and so this is his this is the hit the favorite one that he made and of course everyone's palette is different you know for me i uh i buy a lot of maduro cigars like i picked up a few yesterday you know i had an aging room quattro nicaragua in there um had the Las Calaveras 2023 in there, which we smoked last week, right? But I've said, like, as I've smoked my way around the humidor for the last two decades, my default is still, like, that uh, Cuban-esque experience. Light, floral, aromatic, yeah, but full-bodied. Right. Um, it, you know, so, so everybody's palate is going to be different, and, uh, you know, what uh, what you like or whatever is unique to you, which is... I think one of the great things about our hobby is, uh, you know, contrasting it to golf, right? Golf, there is an objective score and ability. No matter how much you enjoy it, you might still suck. Mm-hmm. Um, with cigar smoking, you know, uh, there's a subjective element. Your palate is your palate. Right. And, you know, for me, uh, I've mentioned on the show a lot, back pressure is a big component of my cigar smoking enjoyment. Right. Like I if I can avoid smoking anything larger than a 54, I will. Right. Um, So in this case, we have a couple of unique elements, I think, that come together. The first is it's a strong cigar. Right. So if you're not into strong cigars, well, might not be for you. And the other is we're smoking the Lancero. Now, obviously, this comes in several Vitolas, but we are smoking the Lancero for a reason. We'll talk about that, you know, a little bit Uh as we move forward, but the uh, Lancero turns up the flavor and mm-hmm. intensity. It really does. Um, it also like has that higher back pressure. Yep. Right. So I really enjoy uh, Lanceros in the right context and setting. Yeah. Right. I think it tones down strength a little bit too. I think uh, so. Yeah. Like I, I, 
I'd be inclined to say that this cigar, the same blend in a dip, in a bigger ring gauge, is going to be stronger than this one mm-hmm. in terms of nicotine and strength. Right, right. It turns up the flavor and turns down the strength, so to speak. The yeah, the smaller gauges do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so uh, that's what we're smoking: the Blanco Nine in the Lancero Vitola, and. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about seed varietals. So we talked about uh, this last week, and we kind of didn't get uh, finished. So I'm going to uh, wrap this education up for you guys. You know, speaking of Corojo, which, you know, this is wrapped in. Um, we had mentioned that Corojo originated in Cuba. Today it's grown in Honduras and western Kentucky and other places. In this case, it's uh, Nicaraguan yeah. Corojo, yeah. right? Is that um, the one that's is that the one that means native seed? No. Or is it Criollo? That's Criollo. Okay. Yeah. So uh, kind of what happened with the Corojo we talked about last week, um, you know, the the wrappers are kind of famous for having significant spice levels. Um but I would I would say that when you're talking about the spice level on a Corojo, you're not talking about cayenne pepper, yeah, right, yeah. or even black pepper, right. You're talking about that like baking spice portfolio, yeah. So yes, it has got like a spicy like cinnamon or ginger spice to it, but it has a lot more than that going on, yeah. Um, which is why this is a this can be a really popular wrapper among people that make cigars. My absolute favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course, uh, Corojo was susceptible to disease, still is, and, uh, they got kind of wrecked. I think it was blue mold or something in the nineties. And so, uh, it was hybridized into the Habano 2000, um, with a, another Cuban tobacco that was much hardier, but had less flavor. Right. Um, so that's, that's, uh, Corojo and that's what's wrapping our smoky treat today but uh we had talked about uh connecticut broadleaf uh, mm. last week mm-hmm. and uh so broadleaf is a like a short tobacco plant usually historically used as filler or binder recently the leaves out of connecticut and uh, especially pennsylvania yeah uh, have evolved into some of the best cigar tobacco on the planet yeah. and uh using broadleaf as a wrapper is now a real thing. Oh, my gosh. In the United States, at least, uh, some really significant sticks are wrapped this way. And uh, strong, right? So the uh, Tabernacle, for example. Mm-hmm. It's Connecticut uh, broadleaf. Connecticut broadleaf. Yep. Jacob, Jacob Slider, Southern Draw is Pennsylvania broadleaf. Yep. Blanco, Liga, yep. Exclusiva, Maduro is Pennsylvania broadleaf. Yep. Um, I want to say Liga number nine is mm-hmm. Connecticut Broadleaf. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It's they've gained popularity. Yeah, as, as much a as strong Maduro wrapper. Yeah, very very popular among some high end. You know, like these are good cigars that oh yeah are people's go to smokes. And know. Francisco Francisco said something really interesting about the Broadleaf is that he's been blending a lot in the filler. Yeah, he never. He said he never liked it as a wrapper. Yep, but he he actually has found that it, he works better with it in the filler, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. So a lot of DBL cigars have uh-huh. uh, PA, PA broadleaf in the in the filler tobaccos, and from what I've heard, it burns very well. Yeah, so that might be yeah um, a contributing factor, and uh, the broadleaf, particularly from Connecticut. And Pennsylvania is kind of famous for dark chocolate, a little bit of maple, a um, little bit of spice. Um, I think the Dominican broadleaf is spicier. But uh, Dominican broadleaf? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and then how it grows is interesting because it's a shorter plant. Like, you can't mix it in because it doesn't get sun. But massive leaves. Yeah, massively. Yeah. It's short and fat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Facts. Okay, so what's the difference between that and Connecticut shade, right? Oh. So, (laughs) this is, (laughs) okay. So, 
Believe it or not, Connecticut Shade Tobacco is a different varietal from Connecticut Broadleaf. Um, I believe that. Yeah. Most people, most companies, when I've heard them say Connecticut Shade, if you hunt down what they bought, uh, may or may not be Connecticut Shade varietal, may or may not be grown in the Connecticut River Valley. Right. Um, is grown under shade. Maybe yeah. Connecticut Broadleaf grown under shade versus Connecticut Shade Tobacco. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yes. As usual in the cigar industry, it gets complicated. Um, so what happened was uh, Sumatra and Cuban Leaf, both of which obtained way before the embargo. I mean, you know, this is over 100 years old. They were hybridized. Um that is the Connecticut Shade Tobacco, and it looks different. So if you see them growing, um, it is tall, right, as opposed to the broadleaf, which is short. But they look different in the ground. They look different in the ground. Yeah. The plants look different. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned, like, because Connecticut broadleaf is, with its well-earned name, broadleaf. Right, right, right. right. They're huge. Because it's short and squat. Like, you can't grow these tobacco plants side by side because the shade actually blocks out the sun right. from the broadleaf. Um, and, and they're not. I don't know why you would grow them that way. Yeah. A lot of the shade plants are grown under muslin, you know, protected from the sun. Like cheesecloth kind of stuff. Yeah, cheesecloth. Um, so, and then blocking the sun creates like a thinner, more elastic leaf. Um, and I think the uh, shade wrapper is known for having like that vegetal bitter flavor. Um, yeah. You know, it's milder. Um Ashton Cabinet is a great cigar. Oh yeah, right. That has a Connecticut uh, Connecticut Shade wrapper, and it it uses actual Connecticut Shade varietal. So yeah, this is another one where it gets complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the cigars I see that say Connecticut Shade um, are not necessarily Connecticut Shade varietal. It's just talking about the the color of the yeah yeah Connecticut Shade typically and generally means. Connecticut describes the color, and then shade describes the method in which it was grown. Yes. Right? So it's a yeah. it's a Connecticut-colored shade-grown wrapper. Yeah. From it, Right. When you look at the details, they're like, grown in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, grown in it's Ecuador. Like, right. So, you know, technically that can't be true, right? Yeah. But that's just the nature of the industry, yeah. right? Yeah. And while we're on the topic, we're smoking a uh, Oscuro. Right, yeah, same yeah. thing. Like the Partagas that they advertise as Oscuro, oh, the extra Oscuro. Yeah, like yeah. it's fucking black. They're mm-hmm. talking about the color, or they're trying to match the color with the with the description. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty common in the industry to sort of orient your marketing around what customers are looking for, instead of like here are the very scientifically precise categories that we use. You know. Because cigars are from Mesoamerica, not from Germany. If, cig- <laughs> if cigars were German, it would be like, this is X478M, which means that it's this varietal grown in this region. Yeah. As we're uh, smoking the nine. Uh, you're right, right. Um, yeah, Art, that just reminded me of something. So the Three Kingdoms by Stolen Throne. Mm-hmm. Familiar? Yep. On the same page? Yep. That is a Skiro. Mm-hmm. That's described as a Skiro. Mm-hmm. It's like the same color as a cigar. Mm-hmm. Bizarre, real bizarre stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like also his second, Lee Marsh's second darkest cigar. Yep. The Crook of the Crown is darker. Mexican San Andreas is much darker. And part of that is because it's Mexican San Andreas. Right. San Andreas gets very dark when you ferment it. San, San Andy. San Andy. Um, uh, but the. On the other hand, yeah. Corojo does not. Yeah. Which is why I mentioned it in the, in the beginning. Right. If you ferment them for the same amount of time. Yeah. They're going to be many shades different. Yep. Probably three shades different. Yeah. Real bizarre. Yep. Horticulture? Horticulture. It's a... Wow. What a beast. It's a science. All right. uh, Did we talk about Cameroon tobacco last time? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. So Cameroon, you'll see that. Um, I know a lot of... A lot of guys in the industry that really like Cameroon rappers. Cameroon's another funny one. Cameroon's another real funny. funny one. Yeah. Ha ha ha! I'm not so. laughing. <laughs> Cameroon is gonna. I'm gonna steal your thunder. Go go. Cameroon describes uh, the seed varietal of which originated in the African country of Cameroon, mm-hmm. but Cameroon doesn't necessarily mean that it was grown in Africa. Right. <laughs> so nowadays we have uh, 
you know, South American country X Cameroon instead of African Cameroon. So when it says African Cameroon, you know, it's, right. it's original seed ish, uh, original country. Yep. But if it just says Cameroon, there's a chance that it's, it's an Ecuador Cameroon. It's a Honduran Cameroon. Right. It's it sometimes good, they're advertised as yeah, like this is Honduran Cameroon. Right. Right. And so there's a, there's a huge, I mean, it's going to be a huge difference, right? We talked about the soil and the, mm -hmm. um, the climate difference, you know, it's mm -hmm. a, we're going across the Atlantic ocean. I think that for me, I think that the major flavor contributor to Cameroon is actually the climate and the biome, not the seed, right? So if you smoke an African Cameroon and a non-African Cameroon, yeah. obviously with the, with the blend, it's going to be super difficult to pick out the differences, mm -hmm. but they're always different. Right. Um, African Cameroon, by the way, I think uh, I think somewhere around half of the uh, Cameroon, African Cameroon tobacco is actually grown in Central African Republic. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's the lines on the map thing like. Oh, and they change from time to time. They change. Right? Well, in Africa, they change, I think, more, more frequently, frequently than. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, if you look at the like the biome, if you look at the, the land, it doesn't change because there's a line on the map. You know, it's kind of like if you're in New Mexico right. and you cross the border, you know, into Mexico, it's not, it's like you, there's no difference. It's just a GPS signal. Yeah, there's know? no difference between 30 yards in that direction and right. 30 yards in this direction. Right. Exactly. Um, but interesting. And it does affect the industry because, you know, like your import export laws and stuff like that. Right. Um, of course, Cameroon, African Cameroon is kind of famous for the butter, pepper, leather trifecta. Mm -hmm. um, I think the uh, Fuente Don Carlos is uh, kind of a top-notch yeah. Cameroon. Don Carlos, Heming the Hemingway's short stories. The Don Carlos. Yeah, but they also, they also put the wrapper on the Hemingway, the short stories. I don't know. I should probably smoke more Fuentes. Uh, also, the uh, Oliva Siri G Cameroon. Yeah, particularly the smaller, the smaller one. Yeah, uh, very good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, while we're on the topic, this is not a seed varietal, but rosado, which means mm. rosy, right? Mm -hmm. um, basically, uh, you know, like so, it's uh, it's not very common. Has a red kind of sheen to it. Um, you know, I'm thinking of. Uh, well, the, the Nico Puro Rosado is an example. Um, La Palina has one. Yep. Um, Rosado Leaf was, you know, originally Cuban, you know, like a lot of a lot of cigar tobacco varietals uh, in uh, Cuba. But the one thing that I couldn't really find on Rosado is, is uh, Rosado like a seed varietal? And what I came up with was, not really, yeah. But a lot of different types of tobacco have been selectively bred, yeah. You know, to make for the color versions, yeah. Okay, Rosado. I got you. So unlike Corojo or Carrillo or uh, Connecticut Broadleaf, like this isn't an established plant, but over time several different types of tobacco in Cuba, mostly, mostly what we would call you know native seed. Right, um, Criollo was just just selectively bred yeah. until they had some reddish strains. Yeah, Ros I guess Rosado you could say is more of a trait. Yeah, than yeah. a seed varietal. Yeah. Now, if you're the people that are doing the plant, if you're the farmers, it's a varietal because in your seed cabinet you have got these are the Rosado seeds. Right. We're right. gonna we're gonna grow this specifically for right. With the result of knowing this color, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, well, I do it sometimes, um, whether it be correctly or incorrectly, have described, I've probably, you know, on the show described non-Rosado wrappers as Rosado just because of the, it's it, it kind of reminds me of like a clay. Yeah, like, like a red clay. clay. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that kind of color where it's um it's very earth, earth tones. It's still like it's hidden in a brown wrapper, mm -hmm. but there's like a little red. Yeah. And when I say red, I'm not, I'm not talking fire truck red, right? This is like right, right. very dull red. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Rosado's a awesome. Fuente 2 has a Rosado Sungrown uh cigar and that's very popular. I think uh I think one of the 
one of my favorite that I smoked that uh, I don't think is available anymore. Maybe on the secondary market, but the La Aroma uh, Noblesse. Oh yeah, uh, that one was really good. Nice. Uh, that had a Rosado wrapper. Um, so uh, those are our seed varietals. There's there's more like we could uh, probably come up with a whole other episode of uh, varietals, but I think we covered the kind of the major ones that you'll hear about. We talked last week about Piloto, Olor, Corojo, Criollo, uh, Habano, Habano 2000, yeah. um, the Broadleaf versus the Connecticut Shade, yep. uh, Sumatra, Cameroon. I mean, uh, but there have to be thousands of yeah, different seed varietals with specific genetics. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of it comes down to like, you know... Uh, marketing like some of that's just not relevant to us as a consumer for sure right yeah and then you have the like the two of us who are like no we want to know more Mm -hmm. and they're like sorry fucking nerds get out of my it doesn't fit into our advertising (laughs) scheme right right um all right so that is tobacco seed varietals hopefully you are a smarter and better educated cigar consumer uh having heard all of that and with that i think it is time for the tobacconist tip of the week Nick, take it away. And now, your Tobacconist Tip of the Week with Nicholas McCann. So the Tobacconist Tip of the Week this week is about Lanceros and Ring Gauge. Um, so we talked about it, we alluded to it a little earlier. But the Lancero, uh, this 38 gauge in particular, has less filler tobacco than a, a 6x50 Toro or a 6x60 Gordo. Um, and so when we are tasting the smoke by, by the nature of the cigar, we are tasting more of the wrapper leaf than we are of the filler tobaccos. And this, the percent, that percentage question is thrown around. What percentage of flavors is from the, Mm -hmm. from the wrapper? What percentage of flavors from the filler? Um, the, the wrapper leaf basically gets to shine a lot brighter in a smaller gauge cigar. It's kind of the wrapper flavors toned down in bigger gauge cigars, and it's it's ramped up in smaller gauge cigars. So if you like a wrapper or you want to focus on trying a new wrapper or tasting a new wrapper, try it in a smaller gauge to see if there's a, a you know traits about it you notice or um, any differences between between a bigger gauge. It's a uh, it's like it's something that blenders do. I think to highlight rappers that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know uh, a lot of the people that I know in the industry. The Corona and the Lancero are like their favorite smokes. Money, right? absolutely. Um, now there's some uh, some history there. So in the old days, like pre cigar boom, up into the cigar boom, um, the Corona was the size. That yeah. the blenders were making. Yep. And so to test to test the blends. Right. Yeah. So if you're smoking that, you're smoking like this is what they thought it was going to yes. taste. Right. That's right. Um, it's kind of shift, shifted to robusto now, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Um, and even Toro. Right. I know some blenders that are like, I just we sell so many Toros. Yeah. I just blend it as a Toro. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So so uh, it's gone up in size. What the blenders are are blending. Um, but. Uh, Definitely, like, the saturation of flavor goes up. And I guess this is a good place to talk about, like, the whole uh, Lancero controversy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the controversy, it, like, here's the broad strokes is uh, cigar retailers don't really like Lanceros because they don't sell well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason it's a controversy is most of the cigar snobs and aficionados and passionados and whatever the hell you call yourself, uh, prefer Lanceros because of the flavor saturation. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, well, why don't they sell well? And the answer is uh, they're kind of like specific activity smokes. And what I mean by that is good luck smoking one outside. Right. Um, properly. Because there's, yeah, yeah. properly. Because you chooch on it, but it's... Yeah. What's the point of smoking a Lancero if you're just going to... Chug it. Yeah, yeah. right, Exactly. So because of the lack of surface area, it's harder to stay lit if you have any air currents, mm-hmm. right? And then so to try to keep it lit, you're chugging on it, 
Yep. Right. Which means it's burning hotter and then you're wrecking the flavor. Yeah. And then you're still going to canoe. Like, yeah. I don't think I've smoked a Lancero outside ever that didn't canoe a little yeah. bit. Um, so it's kind of limited to a lounge. And even then, like, I've been in plenty of lounges. They have like a floor fan going, they have a ceiling fan going, they have an air filtration system going. There's a good little breeze going on there and it can make it challenging. Right. Um, and then I do think there's an element, you know, for, more casual cigar smokers, like when they look at it, it's more expensive. Lanceros are always more expensive. For less, they're like that little thing? perceived, yes. So the perceived value isn't there. Now, uh, that's probably not fair because we're, you know, 40 minutes into this thing and I'm not even halfway done, right? Right. Uh, This will smoke for two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that this has let me smoke it too fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. in contrast to the numero uno, it like would not let you. It's amazing, right? This one, if I want to chug it and fucking burn the house down, you can. Uh, I can. Yeah. Uh, most Lanceros, you can. Right. Um, and so you had, you do have to like pay attention to what you're doing. Long, slow draws. And I think there's a payoff there. It's just a lot of guys want to get something light up, you know, yak about whatever in the lounge and just enjoy a cigar. And a Lancero takes a little bit more attention. Right. Well, well, we talk about blends too that you you have to pay attention to or you should pay attention to, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a fi- you know we we said this is not a fishing cigar. This is not a mm-hmm. uh, uh, whatever cigar, uh, grilling cigar. You know you don't put this in Mowing your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But this is a size that right. you have to pay attention to, right? Not not just not just a specific blend of the Lancero, but generally uh, the entirety of the size mm-hmm. um, is is one that should be treated kind of as one of those things that is a, a controlled environment yeah. setting smoke cigar. And I kind of look at Lanceros as a treat cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, you know, long week at the office, I'm going to take an hour to meditate with a cigar, right? Okay, that's when you see me with my uh, AirPod Pros in that have noise canceling and I'm sitting in the corner yep. of the lounge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm doing. It's like, I'm enjoying the cigar. I'm tasting it and I'm taking mental notes for the future and decompressing. Yep. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great choice for that sort of thing. I think it's a terrible choice for fishing, outdoor activities, anything where you're doing something else. Yeah. Golfing, terrible golfing, terrible, you know, even just in the lounge, having a conversation, it can go out, yeah. it can, you know, you got to rotate it so that it doesn't burn unevenly, you know, that sort of thing. <coughs> So that's uh, that's Lancero's, and I will tell you, I know, I know uh, some folks in the retail industry that are like super passionate about this. You know, they're like, "I'm not buying a Lancero. I will buy every." No, you have to buy every facing because you know we're a big cigar company, and right. you can't stock our stuff. And so you're gonna force this down my throat. Oh, yeah, so we're gonna, <laughs> you know, all of that. Uh, the the retailer manufacturer conversation. Yeah, the yeah. retailer manufacturer conversation. Um, so uh, that that's why it's controversial. Obviously, if you own a store, you want to balance your your stock, right? You got to have your high runners, and you got to have your really special cigars that right. don't get bought as much. You got to watch your margins. You got to yeah. have your cash cows, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. Uh, we uh, probably, I mean, we probably sell uh, six sixties twenty to one compared to Lanceros. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean it's just, and you know. That's the opposite of me. Like, if yeah, I had right. to choose, I will choose a Lancero over a Gordo any day, mm-hmm. right? Um, for a lot of different reasons. But it has the right back pressure and the right flavor, right? It just might be harder to keep lit. Gordo, you can do anything with that cigar. Like, it's just going to smolder, you know? Yeah. You can golf, you can whatever. Put your, and, put your Corvette top down. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, don't ever, ever, ever try to smoke a Lancero while you're driving your car. Right. Unless you have all the windows rolled up and you're fucking hotboxing it. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, like, it'll just go out. You know, you're like, I'm going to gently tap the ash out. The, whoom, there goes half the cigar, you know. It sucked out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Oscuro because this is an Oscuro Maduro wrapper on here. Um, <clears throat> so when you're, when you're reading about, like, Maduro versus Oscuro, um, it's hard to get good information here because, as usual with language, words mean how we use them, right? You can't go to a dictionary. That's the, called the etymological fallacy, 
right? Um, for example, thick, oh, right? With how many C's? Exactly, right? Like, so if you hear somebody say that, it can mean a totally different thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly when you talk about, like, niche or pop culture. And cigar is a subculture. It's vernacular. Right? Yes. Common uh, tongue. Right. So Maduro in Spanish means ripe. But all the fucking tobacco leaves are ripe when they become, right? Maduro has to do with the fermentation process. Yeah. Right? Oscuro means darkness, right? Well... Historically, Oscuro is a dark wrapper, mm-hmm. but it, it actually refers to the fermentation process and being fermented even longer than Maduro, right? Uh, <laughs> so when we talk about uh, Oscuro, right, it's not a type of tobacco. It's a method where we basically let the leaves uh, grow darker, right? So this is where it's confusing because, as we mentioned, this cigar, I think, as well as Stolen Thrones, like, their Oscuro's not as dark as some other cigars they have. But in the industry, historically, Oscuro has referred to color, right, more than anything else. Even, you know, there's a couple Oscuro's I'm aware of, won't call them out on air, but they use artificial means to make the leaves darker. Yeah. As opposed to the extended fermentation process. They use AI. Chat GPT darkens the wrappers. (laughs) Right, right. Um, So, however, because Oscuro refers to color, um, it's usually more common to use Connecticut Broadleaf, San Andres, um, Marafina, Araparaca. All of those are naturally dark tobacco leaves already. Yep. They're also more robust, like the broadleafs. Yeah, like you can ferment the hell out of those and have a higher temperature yep. compared to some other. They stay intact. They're yeah. still malleable yeah. and rollable. And the higher temperature re- results in a darker color. Yep. Right. And so you might have known also uh, Nicaraguan Habano yeah. um, is used for Oscar a lot. But uh, you may have noticed that this is Corojo, which is... I think the main reason for the lighter color. It's the reason why it's not that dark. Right. It could be fermented that have that extra fermentation, right. but still not get that dark. And I think, you know, from what I'm tasting on the stick, this has been fermented quite quite a while. Oh, right. yeah. It's this is this, well-aged. Yes. Yeah, well-cooked. Thick, for robust, sure. saturated. Absolutely. Full flavor. Yeah. Because you, you get that ammonia taste for something that maybe needs to mm-hmm. cure a little more, ferment a little more. Obviously, by the time it's on the cigar and you're smoking it, uh, or even by the time it's on the cigar, right, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of these blenders have to make sure that, yes, this batch of leaves is absolutely ready because once we take this from the pilon or yep. from the aging room, there's no, like, yep. that's it. It's done. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like when you bottle the whiskey. Yeah. You know, once you bottle it, it's done. Right. Nothing, nothing's changed. Right. Unlike wine, but uh, uh, cigars closer to whiskey. Like yeah. once it's yeah, I mean, once it's in the finished product, it's done. The flavor will, you know, th- with the age, the flavor flavor will change a little bit. The tobaccos will mix together, but there's no like darkening. Fermentation. Yeah, there's no darkening, darkening of the leaves. Yeah. There's no <clears throat> the chemical changes slow down to a crawl. It, additionally, you know, when we, like when we buy cigars and age them, the biggest difference you'll see is in cigars that weren't fermented or uh, you know aged. As much, yeah, right. They still have some off gassing, right? Some ammonia stuff that does break down over time. Yep. Um, so you're, yeah, you'll you'll see some changes there, but it's not like uh, it's not like wine as a product where you have to be careful because you could also ruin it. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I think like f- like five five or ten days in a pilone at 117 degrees versus five to ten days in your humidor, mm-hmm. like the the changes that it's going to go undergo in the pilone is Dramatic. thousands and thousands. Yeah. yeah. Versus the humidors, five to ten days, you won't notice a difference. Exactly, you're talking months. Right, right. You know, three months minimum, probably to yeah. even tell a difference. Yep. For me, uh, I found that six months is really the minimum aging in my humidor. To everything uh, before that's resting. It, it, right, right, yeah. yeah. To where I'm like, this tastes different, right? When I smoke them side by side. But uh, during the fermentation process, the uh, basically the oscuro leaves are. Um, usually left for a shorter time and at a lower temperature than typical Maduro. Um, really? Yeah, and then you put them in bales or barrels for further aging. Right? Oh, so it's during yeah, it's during the aging that uh, they acquire their dark 
color, mm-hmm. usually going from dark brown to like black. Yeah. Right. And that's that's kind of the goal. So um the pilone part of it, the oscuro is typically less fermented than a maduro, mm-hmm. but then in the aging process afterwards, right. um it's longer time. Yeah. And uh that's the period where like it darkens up. So. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um so let's see. I think uh Oh, you remember the Mi Amor? Like the uh La Romita Cuba? Yeah, like yeah. the when it first came out. Yeah. Like that was an Oscuro. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um They use they use San Andres for that, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, kind of typical. If you're going to go for that dark color, you might as well start with the tobacco that gets dark. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so that that's a little bit about Oscuro versus Maduro. I think the like the big picture is most companies use Oscuro to mean it's dark, but this cigar, um, you mentioned the Stolen Thrones, um, a few others. Like they went through the process of the extra barrel aging or bale aging. Um, but they didn't get black because of the, of the leaf that they used. The seed varietal. The seed yeah. varietal, right? So, I mean, yeah, Blanco, the company, gave himself red stolen throwing that Three Kingdoms. They could have they could have left the word Oscuro out of the name of the cigar. Yeah, and, I think so. Nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think... Uh, I think that, um, you know, using the uh, Oscuro title mm-hmm. to to refer to the color is a little bit of a disservice to cigar smokers because I'm aware of cigars marketed as Oscuro. Right. And from, from what I understand, they may or may not have gone through the extra aging process, but they were dyed. Right. Yeah. This is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, f- as a consumer, like when I see Oscuro <coughs> on a box, it doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but I could say the same thing about Maduro. Like, yeah, you know, there's plenty of Maduro cigars and you smoke them and you're like, dude, I can taste that spice in the first third that's going to turn into ammonia later. Mm-hmm. You know, it has its own unique sort of spicy flavor. Yeah. Kind of like a spicy lemon. Um, spicy lemon. Spicy lemon. You know, so <clears throat> I think, you know, this is an area where I think the industry can do a little bit better. You know, uh, we were joking about, like, getting the godfathers of cigars together to come up with, like, you know, a, a standard for everybody. Yeah, I need a Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I want I want answers to all my questions. Like, you can't, you can't market it as Oscuro unless it was cooked for this long at this temperature and then aged for this long yeah you know something like that yeah same thing with maduro right yeah or or you know we call these seed varietals that can't get that dark mm-hmm. we call them a different name mm-hmm. but they undergo the same process but it's just not as dark or maybe we just ha- like use negro or something for dark cigars right black just call it black yeah, yeah. as opposed to confusing that with the process right right and then obviously, like, I would prefer uh, the Blanco 9, right? Kappa is uh, Corojo Oscuro, right? But I, I want to hear Corojo Seco Oscuro, Corojo Lajero Oscuro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, well, want, now, I want primings and I want, I want details, man. Yeah. So, but here's the flip side to what we were just talking about, which is when I look at this cigar and I look at the color and they're calling it Oscuro, I know they're referring to the aging process. Yes. Right? Because it's not a black cigar. They're not talking about the color. They're not talking about the color. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. And smoking it, dead nuts, man. They absolutely age this tobacco. You can taste it. For sure. Very high quality. uh, For sure. High quality blend. So uh, why don't we jump on some Cigar News of the Week, and then we'll go ahead and rank this Blanco 9 Lancero 7x38. Nick, what have you got on the news front? So, first one, most recent piece of news is that the you-know-who administration is not going to prevent the FDA from 
banning flavored cigars or menthol cigarettes. Which is basically a way of saying, like, the government's aligned, right? Because the FDA uh, head is appointed by the White House with a mandate for protecting consumers. Uh, I hate to say it, the FDA doesn't do that anymore. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't a political show, but we've evolved since FDR. Yeah. And they work for the drug companies. But anyway, uh, so I would fully expect any administration to say, basically all they're saying is, we back your play. You know, whatever, whatever you want to do, uh, we're going to back your play. And that's a that's a good thing. Right. Uh, so kind of non-controversial uh, it's take not, there. It's not, but we also can't. Like, this administration is not going to swoop in and save us if the FDA takes drastic action. Right. Um, CAO Mortal Coil returning in August. Nice. Um, what else did I have? The Asylum 11 ship. Asylum 11 ship there. Big coffin boxes. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be... It's like got like an, an obsidian, yeah. dark purple color to the box. It's, uh, it's awesome. And that skull is so symbolic. I like Asylum cigars, but... Yeah. Man, most of them are just priced out of my price range. Sure, yeah. Like, I, I smoked one of those sensoriums yeah. the other day. You liked it, though. I did like it, yeah. and it was also in a unique Vitola. So I'm like, well, then I know the... Wait, was that $50? Yeah. Oh, my god. like 50 bucks for that cigar. Jeez. So I'm the guy that will buy one, yeah. you know, if it's attractive to me. I can't imagine a lot of consumers are lining up to buy that product. But, I mean, they're you know, they're good cigars. They're just not that good for for the price point for a lot of folks yeah but the asylum 11 looks pretty cool yeah i'd admit it does we should do with packaging we should do a show where we do a cigar logo quiz Mm. where we do you know how they do like it you Mm -hmm. take you put like the adidas logo but you take out the word adidas right right and you got to guess the logo we should do that that's i just i'm thinking about that skull the asylum skull oh yeah and of course the last bit of news ups and teamsters Teamsters, that's right yeah so uh whether you guys are mail order and you get cigars online from big box stores, or do you get it from your local brick and mortar? Um, this is a, a good bit of news because UPS delivers a vast, vast majority of yeah. cigars to both retailers and direct to consumers. I mean, it was serious enough that like some distributors were contacting retail yeah. outlets, like, "Hey, you might see a there might be a problem." Right? Yeah, we got we got reached out to by a couple folks. Yeah, like there's not a backup plan. Right. You know, UPS is it. So yeah. awesome. Well. Uh, Kind of typical slow summer news. You got like the trade show, and a lot of the news comes out there. And then uh, there's a lull. Well, yeah, there's a lull. So yeah. we're, we're in post trade show lull. Mm-hmm. And with that, it is time to rate our Blanco 9 Lancero. This uh, cigar retails here at Union Cigar Handover 4, 1125. The wrapper is Oscuro Carojo Nicaraguan. The binder is Jalapen Nicaraguan. And the fillers are Triple Lejero Nicaraguan. Full body, full strength. Really enjoying this cigar, and a couple of uh, tasting notes before we dive right into the rating. Um, it, it hasn't changed too much. I think the uh, strength has picked up now that I'm in the middle of the middle of the cigar, or maybe it's just catching up to me. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely like a, uh, you know, be in your safe space smoking it cigar, because I can see it knocking you on your ass pretty fast. Yeah, I think so too. I want to try this in a bigger ring gauge and... See how uh, vicious it is. That JT, that JT Limitado that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, six yeah. by fifty-eight. Yeah, that one's a that one's a killer ass kicker. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's start with presentation. Nick, what are your thoughts on the presentation of this Blanco Nine? Uh, I love Lanceros. It was a. Uh, I guess we didn't talk about the qualities of the wrapper leaf. Mm-hmm. Not too veiny. A little bit waxy. Um, kind of is what the wrapper looked like. But the, I mean, the band just is a lot going on. Um, the cigar looks good, but the the branding and the band, I think, are what give it a, a seven for me. Seven for Nick on presentation. And uh, yeah, I would echo that. I think uh, I think the logo on the box is busy. I think the logo on the band is busy. I think the band is busy. Um, as far as like, if you take all of that off and just look at the cigar. Um, I, I don't think there's anything special about the presentation. You know, the, the leaf is uh, kind of just there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got medium veins. There's no tooth to it. It's not really oily. It's more waxy. Yep. Um, so I've got a uh, six for presentation. And 
that comes out to a seven. We don't do decimals. And how about price at eleven twenty-five for this standard seven by thirty-eight Lancero? Uh, really good price for. <coughs> I think this is a really good price for a Lancero, especially like I talked about with the high, the higher priming tobaccos in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the extra time that it took. Yep. Because time is money, um, and so the extra oscuro time that it took. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I have to give this a an eight for price. So Nick's got an eight for price. I've got a nine for price on this one. Um, you know, eleven twenty five for a Lancero is a damn good price. You know, it's just hard to find a Lancero at that price. But also, like this is a lot of expensive tobacco in this, and it's a good smoke, right now. Um, when we talk about price, it's a value equation, you know, right. as well as like total price. So, you know, this is coming in at the price of a normal, like Toro, even Robusto nowadays. Like cigar yep. prices have gone up. Yep. You know, you can grab a New World or something like that for eleven bucks. Um, so at eleven twenty-five, I think this is a great price point. I give it a nine. And uh, how about construction? Oh, mine's been a uh, mine's been damn. Mine's mine's been a uh, perfect, I think. Perfect construction. All right. Yeah. So what does it get? A ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets a ten. Nick's got a ten. I've got a nine for uh, construction. I agree. This is very well constructed. The uh, cap, which can be problematic on a Lancero because there's less surface area, perfectly capped. I clipped it now. Granted, we do clip our cigars with authority, mm-hmm. which results in a much better cut. Boom. Boom. Done. Right? Make it happen. Um, but it is not uncommon on a Lancero for me to have that flappy tail. Yep. You know, that I'm tonguing the whole time. And then mm-hmm. where can I pull this off that's not going to just unravel the whole wrapper? You yeah. know, all of that bullshit. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about that. The burn. I mean, look at this burn line. And this is after I'm yakking, touching up my cigar. You Very know, sharp. All of that. You've got a good one as well. Absolutely no construction draw issues, anything like that. Um, I haven't touched mine once. Haven't touched yours once. Yeah. Um, now, part of that's a controlled environment, mm-hmm. right? So this is a great test environment, the the, the hot box back here, yeah. right? This is a great environment to test the actual construction because if I was smoking this outdoors, it would kind of suck, but that's not a construction issue. Right? Correct. It's an environment issue. Right, right, right. So well-constructed cigar. Yeah. For sure. And then uh, how about flavor? Nick, what's your thoughts on the flavor here? Uh, flavor's been good. I got... Uh, I'm, uh, I've been getting this like, weird metallic earth sweetness. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the three words that I would use. Um, but it's not like a bad... It's not like a bad metallic. Um, no, it. I, I, I pegged magnesium. Yeah. And that's actually uh, soil. It's like an earth mineral. Soil compa- yeah, yeah, it's an earth mineral. Yep. It's got an earth minerally flavor to it, and I think earth mineral sounds better than magnesium, so we're gonna go with that earth one. Earth mineral. This is the the nutrients of the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, the flavor's been good. I have had these in the past where they've been a little sweeter and a little darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I prefer that f- flavor to the one that I'm getting now. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, I still enjoy this flavor, and it's not offensive. So I'll give this 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 one an eight for flavor. Eight for flavor from Nick. I also gave it an eight. Um, I agree. Like the uh, tasting components here, really the the way that they come together, you you get this strong feeling that this was grown in the ground. Like this is an earthy um, product where like you feel kind of connected to the soil and the growing process and everything. Really cool. You know, a lot of cigars try to refine that out. You know. And make it more of a uh, specific tasting consumer product. Yeah. And this almost feels to me like, you know, back in the day. Yeah. You know, when the conquistadors were coming over and uh, this is what they would be smoking. Right. 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 Um, so I like that. Um, so eight there as well. And then how about overall experience? Our most subjective but possibly most important element of ranking these cigars. Nick, what was your experience with this Blanco 9 Lancero? Um, generally, I'm a fan of the of this cigar. I, I don't really. I honestly, I don't. I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, I give it an eight. There's I. The branding is a mystery mm-hmm. to me. 
Um, I think obviously if like Dave was sitting here, right, he would absolutely be able to shed some light on kind of what, what, you know, what was going on here. Um, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a detriment to the cigar. I do think the band looks cheap though. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it rises to the occasion here. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is an excellent cigar. Yeah. Yeah. If I would put this up against any fine Lancero out there. Yeah. Um, So eight for experience from Nick. I've gotten eight for experience as well. Really good experience on this cigar. You know, it it's flavorful. It burned well and smoked well. Um, it's a Lancero. If you're into that, I think it gives you some extra points. If you're not, I think it takes away points, right? For yeah. me, I like them. So, you know, it's an eight. And uh, that gives us a total score of 1926, 34, 42 for this Blanco 9 Lancero. That's a pretty high score. We haven't had too many in the oh, 40s. I want right? to smoke one next week in, that we're going to rank in the 20s. Do you sell cigars that you would rank in the 20, Nick? <laughs> Don't say it on air. Don't say it on air. We'll have to go down to um, Redacted. Somewhere else. Redacted, yeah. Redacted. <laughs> we'll, we'll go to Redacted and smoke one of theirs. <laughs> yeah, <again>. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, folks, that is the Blanco 9 Lancero. It's a 7x38. Oscuro Corojo with uh, all Nicaraguan triple Ajero filler came in at a 42. Thank you, as always, for joining us on Burnline Podcast. We hope to see you again next week. Mm-hmm.